We're going to start it off. We're going to do it right. Are oh, you ready? Okay. Here we go. We have author, politician. Failed. Failed politician and former radio presenter. Doug Marsh is on the podcast today. Hi, Doug. How are you? Sir? Some might say failed on the radio presenter, too. That's but right. But thank you. Not a failed author. Not you, yet. You put one out there. I've still got eight more eight more uh, months to uh, officially be a failed author or a successful author, but I thank you. Uh, Why Ray? is eight months? Why? What's with the time period? Yeah, what's with the time period? I don't know. I figure by the time. Is that is that been a year since you put it out in eight months? Uh, no, that would be over a year in eight months. But when I wrote this, the never sold out the book. Never sold author of you never can, sold out. You can go to neversoldoutbook.com for all the information. But when I put it out, the whole goal was I'm not a professional writer. The whole goal was to get it made into a movie or like a Netflix type series. Oh, okay. So. So this book. is the working material, essentially, what they would use to base off the... Exactly. So right now, actually, we're in the middle of doing a movie treatment. Really? Which is the next stage to, of course, you know, screenplay and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And we have five... Uh, it's in five producers, producers slash writers. Some are more producers, some are more slash writers, but it's in their hands. And two of them, the interest is already there. So that's really? the exciting part. Yeah. All right. Killer. Now, I got to say, I have not read the entire book yet because I am, uh, I think, a little bit halfway, maybe a little bit under halfway. I picked it up. I've been trying because I knew this interview was coming up. So I've been trying. I know Greg read it. You've only had it a very short amount of time. I've had Sparks. it for a long time. I have, but. Uh, I'm not a giant reader. I'm a listener. So I, I always asked. I you always said go, if I read it to you. Yes. If you read it to your me, house. If there was a book on tape, I would have demolished this in the first maybe three days you had it out. But the fact that uh, it's not yet on tape, but uh, I, I will say this as a person who's not a big reader. And I know you're a huge reader, Doug. So you could probably crush a book in a night. It is a it's an easy read. Greg, I don't know. You're not a big reader. I don't read ever anything. You read news. You read that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess. But. Yeah, I guess you're right. If you add up all the stuff I read on the internet, I probably read a book every few days. Yes, but, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah you're. But yeah, I read. I, try, I read the book. It was an easy read. I was actually surprised how how quick I went through the book. Yes. Yeah. You know what's funny? That's is it, what it was made to be. Sure. Okay. Great. Even like I, I would say this because I know some of. Uh, your podcast listeners and listeners on the radio, like uh, a moonshine or a Colin, sure. have read it, and uh, you know, I, I joke, but I truly wrote it almost to be a bathroom book because you truly can read a chapter or two. They're not long chapters. No, I love yeah. some chapters are a page, and I was like, yes, I feel like I'm succeeding in life. Right. Some get a little bit longer. So yeah, no, no, it's definitely longer. Chapters. Longer time in the bathroom. <laughs> if you're feeling right, right. you ate a little bit too much cheese the night before, <laughs> right? That's a longer chapter. There it is. But but it, it it's meant to just be like that, and you can leave it. I think for three or four days or even a week and you can get back into it and not be like, oh, wait, I'm totally lost. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I like how Doug, if in the book, like we know Doug, Greg, you and I know Doug as a on a personal level, uh -huh. but if you're reading the book, never sold out. Uh, it <laughs> is, I, I feel like as I'm going through it, you're becoming more and more corrupted. Yes. Is, was that, that, was that safe to say? Because I'm only halfway through. But it starts off with the Doug Marsh, the altruistic, oh, guys, I'm not sure we should be doing this here. Uh, Which is what you knew me in the radio. The thing, 100%. Every time we went out on the strip. Yeah, of course. Well, I don't feel safe well, I don't know if we should be doing this, guys. And then uh, by the time where I'm at right now, where Carlo just bought a boat, 
Uh, oh yes, it is now. It's now. It's like Breaking Bad almost in the Doug Marsh kind of way. It, it does. It does get Breaking Bad. So you are. <laughs> yeah, there will be uh, about three fourths of the way in, I believe. Right? Couple of, yeah, that, you'll yeah. be. Uh, you'll be. Uh, you're when we're what we're called living the high life back in the. Let's see, that was it was ninety four. Yeah, it was the nineties. It was ninety four. Uh, God damn it! I remember. Wow. It said ninety two. You were invited, invited to a poker game in ninety four. The I don't want to give away any plot points, but something uh, pays off big time for you, Jets. right? Right, and then something uh, pays off that I'm not too proud of. It's funny, my kid uh, has, has a girlfriend read? now. He hasn't read it yet, oh, okay? Because I never really encouraged him to read it, but his girlfriend finally grabbed the book yesterday. You said I could read it over the summer because while she was in school, I was like, "Oh no, you can't read it. I don't want you to go." So she goes, "It's summer. I can read it now." So she's reading it, and of course, Carlo Brigola, the it, he couldn't. I could not have done it without him. He and I lived those stories, and. Uh, his kid designed his older kid designed the outside part of the book, the jacket and all the artwork in it. But it was interesting because his younger kid's girlfriend, I think, also read it. And it's you know because it's hard for me to tell my kid not to do certain things once he reads that book. Oh, really, Dad? Because back in '94, yeah. Oh, about on page thirty-seven. Right. Uh, and let me quote: <laughs> She came in and took her clothes off and was wearing black underwear. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there was uh, a lot. Yeah, it's good strippers and smoking weed and uh, no, no, there's none of that. There's, there's none of that. Uh, there's definitely some weed smoke going on. There is some of that, but not okay. for me. Okay, <laughs> well, right. there you go. That That's was more from somebody in the band, the Eagles, All and right. well, uh, a certain hairdresser in that uh, My book. point, exactly. Okay. And by the way, in the book, Doug mentions that you had a mullet. Let's focus on the mullet for a minute. Well, I've shown you that picture before. I no, think, right? I've never seen it. Oh, really? I thought have uh, you seen like the Barry Melrose mullet. Or? <laughs> yeah, what, kind of, what are we talking about? Oh, here? I thought you've seen that. I think I I've still... seen the long hair, but I don't yeah. remember being like a mullet. I'll uh, I'll have to get you that. I can I can find it as we talk. But All yeah, right, it we'll was. It with I didn't think yeah, it was a mullet. Yeah, exactly. That should be the cover photo yeah. of uh, this episode. I, anyway, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a time. You guys are too young, but the time of the '90s was a magical time where. Uh, long hair in the back and shorter on the front. Oh, my brother had that shit too in the nineties. I remember he it was. was uh, didn't you had crazy nineties hair. I had the opposite. I had the the bangs with nothing else haircut for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd shown you that picture before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is no now, doubt. I think better than the mullet was that mustache. Oh, that right, mustache. That, that's is a good. quality Dude, mustache. I know thirty guys from Indiana that look just like that. <laughs> I really did. Well, you can you can uh, imagine why I was so uh, you know the ladies were all over. Oh the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So no, I like how the, the storytelling because like I spoke said, there's an arc to it. Like yes, very you know in the beginning, like I said, you're you know a little whatever. Just uh, I want to say in a naive, but you know you're just kind of like yeah, what are we doing? And then it's like you're into it, and then there's always the the payoff at the end where everybody's like ah shit, what happened? You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So I liked the uh, the arc. There was an arc to it that I think a lot of people miss in their books. Well, I, thank you, and I appreciate that. And that the editor Courtney Harler, uh, hopefully I'm <laughs> Harler. Um, she made sure of that because at first she said, Doug, you just have a collection of stories. Right. And she goes, there needs to be an arc. And believe it or not, when I started writing that, it was a totally different arc than what it turned out to be. And that's kind of the funny thing about writing something. You think you're going down one path and it totally changed. And about three quarters through the book, because uh, she and I, we just sent it back and forth. You know, yeah. and some of those, believe it or not, chapter one, the one about, uh, it was about a Van Halen concert way back in the 80s. And, uh, 
that chapter, <laughs> it'll be embarrassing, but I think that chapter got rewritten over 10 times. You know, it just, kept, not embarrassing. it just kept going and yeah. going and going. And she'd go, well, I remember one time she said, boy, that Van Halen concert was really boring. And I go, no, it was great. She goes, well, I've got an idea. Why don't you write about it? And, and write about how great it was, you know, and some of the smells and yeah, there you go, and some of, of the sights and everything. So, you know, yeah. because I am usually, it won't appear on this podcast, but I'm usually a concise person. You know, I'm just like brevity and everything. She's yes. like, you need to expand upon things, yeah. you know, rather than do that. And I wouldn't be ashamed of 10 times being rewritten. We had Steve Byrne on last week. Oh, yeah. And he said, because he just wrote a script. He has his first feature film coming oh, out. Let me give him a book so you can give it to him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. He, uh, he said his script was rewritten about 75 to 80 times. Yeah, and there was like pieces that were written even more than that. And they, even after that, they had to keep, yeah, you know, keep going back and, back and back and well, back and back. It is amazing, though. It, it's fun because that is the process. And, you know, that's the process, you know, listening to podcasts. And I've seen your show many, many times. And I've seen your show from a few years ago as opposed to... Great you know, stand-up show. Yeah, sure, great yeah. stand-up show. And it's, you know, being a comedian and on-stage comedian, I know also you're always refining things, too. While, right. you know, a joke might be three minutes long all of a sudden you might make it two minutes long and yeah. the timing changes and the punchline, you've, you've upped it a little bit. Sure. No, totally. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it is, it is, it's economizing words. So sometimes you get caught doing that too much and then it's like, shit, I could have milked that joke for another, you know, whatever. Right, exactly. But it's, it's like, I, point. but I just got right to the point instead. I've like, got to uh, fill 15 minutes. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got 13 minutes left yeah, and nothing yeah, yeah. to say. Exactly. As opposed so. to Sparks when I was on the radio with him, I used to have get to give him the wrap up sign. You know? Right, right. Come on. Yeah. Which I'm supposed to do, and I do. All right, yeah, but it goes on too long. All right, <laughs> that's why. That's why you love the podcast, right, yes, Sparks? Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're five minutes in. Don't worry, folks. Excuse it's me, only ten eighty. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, time's flown by. I I'm sure I, listeners right now are going, "Wow, it's been ten minutes. Yeah, it seems like only minutes, just a man. few." See, wrap it up, Doug. Okay. We're economy. Well, anyway, never sold out book.com. <laughs> now, why? Why did you want to say this story? Obviously, you have a lot of stories. It was a crazy time in your life, uh, but at the same time. They were just sitting there ruminating in your head. And you're like, you know what? I have this thing. I got to I got to throw it on paper. Car- kind of how it went. Yeah. Carlo and I had this idea because here's the thing. Carlo and I is, have had this idea to write this book for 10 years because it's never been written. It's about the 90s secondary ticket market because we haven't said what you gotta it's about. You got to find a sexier way to say it than the 90s. It was in the 90s and it's about the secondary ticket market. Now, it's a fascinating story. Okay, I like you're it. Right, you're right. But secondary ticket market is read. the least sexiest way. I'll tell you what. I, here's the it's it's called a log line in the movie treatment. Okay. So it's kind of like it's, you know, Jaws was you'll never feel safe swimming again or something like that. That's the thing. So it's kind of a it's still the movie treatment's not done, but it goes like this. A dewy-eyed computer professional <laughs> enters the world of the secondary ticket market <laughs> and finds his morality at risk. Something now that's very yeah brief, but that's gotta kinda, change. Is that better than the, no, no. You don't secondary you like ticket market fucking sucks, Doug. You gotta Help come me. up with something. You get a credit. It's not. Is it? It's not quite scalping, but yeah, it's no, not, no, no. Don't. You got to say it's not quite scalping, but not quite legal. Because the original, now I'm interested. The original title of the book was. Don't call us scalpers. Okay. And then it's a uh, little little sexier, little sexier. So never a sold more out. Dangerous. Never sold out has no, two never connotations. Sold out. No, I love never sold okay. out. I love the title. I'm saying the words secondary ticket market is the most <laughs> sterile. <laughs> yeah. 
that sounds like something uh, an audiobook Sparks would be listening to while he's working out. Or <laughs> hey, I will never make fun of. I've seen that debate, and let me tell you something. People could do a lot worse. Sparks tells me about all these investment things, and then I go do it, and he's like, oh, how's it working out for you? I'm going up pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. everything I want to invest in, Doug actually goes and does it. I would call it the black market. I think people like, yeah, associate now we're that talking. with danger okay. yes. criminality. But, but thank you. Okay, yes. we'll go with that, and I'll change the movie treatment, and if it gets made into a movie, then you know I'll give yeah. you a, a back row seat and there you consulting go. credit you and consulting it. credit. Me? Right. Thank you. Well, All the right. funny thing is, here, read the book because everybody who reads the book says, now when it comes to casting, Doug, I'd like this part, <laughs> this part. And I was just talking to Carlo today. The funny thing is, you know, when a movie, if it's ever made into a movie, you know, it'll probably, I told Carlo, it'll probably be, you know, so out of our control and everything, you know, we're not going to have casting rights. Yeah. So it'll be like, Screenplay by somebody else that had an original idea and tiny little prints at the end. Yeah. Doug Marsh with Carlo Bagor. <laughs> yeah, cool. Based on true events by Doug Marsh. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, <laughs> it's a, of course a work of fiction. <laughs> Even though it did take place in Southern California and uh, the person who set up the book signing in Redlands, let's just say in the book, if you remember a guy named Alex, which yeah. you should because it, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was him. <laughs> he goes, oh, Alex. And they'd be like, Alex would like to set up your book signing in Redlands, California. I go, well, I know you can handle it. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, I noticed a guy named Greg had Greg's name spelled in it. Yeah. G-R-A-I-G. I know, what a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. I did not know Greg back then. So that is a coincidence. And if any lawyers are listening that would like to represent Greg <laughs> later on. This is horseshit. Yeah. Did you meet a single guy named Matt back then or Sparks? Nothing? Nobody that I thought of you. It, it was it was a dangerous time. All if right. you could pick somebody to play you, oh, who is it going to be? Uh, you know, because it would be a younger me. Who was that guy in? Uh, According to that photo with the mustache and <laughs> right, well, that's uh, the guy from. Uh, people have said this before. Man, he was in uh, Danny movie. Glover. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's how much the movie will change. <laughs> We've tried to hide the identities of all those involved. Exactly. Everybody. <laughs> Doug's like, I'm too old for this shit. Like in the first <laughs> Actually, I, uh, I will be portrayed by. Computer. <laughs> you need a new form for these tickets. I'm looking at Elaine Boozler to portray me as a young Doug Marsh. A who? Elaine Boozler. I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. No, it's, it's one step even farther than Danny Glover. Or one chromosome different yeah, from Danny yeah, Glover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the guy in the social network? Uh, oh, what, uh, uh yeah, that guy. Yeah, the guy the that was Zombieland. Zombieland guy. Yes, yes. Yeah, Don't Jesse something, right? Pinkman. No, yeah. uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes, that's it. That's yes. what some people were saying. That, oh uh, yeah, you need like here's what you need. Nah, for Doug. You need, a tall you need guy, like though. you need like a real meek, weak, real. Well, then you could play me. Now. Yeah, yeah. Sparks, you're right. Are you? You're really going for the lead yeah, role? Yeah, I know. Aren't you, He's lobbying hard. <laughs> Doug already said he doesn't do casting. <laughs> Except I do know, I don't think he could grow the hair like that. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. But there no, are yeah. wigs. No, no. Definitely not the front part. I know you can't do the mustache. No, not the top part. <laughs> let me see, let me see that picture again. I'll tell you who should play you. I'm curious. I want to yeah. see it again. Oh, you're I, curious, I, huh? Well, I saw the hair, but I wasn't really paying attention to the features. Make sure you look for the picture at sparksradio.com on the show notes of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, man, that's a tough one. <sighs> You know, if, if Cheech Marin were younger. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But Doug know. looks like every '90s white guy. Like yeah. you do. Like every you '90s white guy at a Rush concert. Yes, I can picture your like your your acid washed jeans, like the real light blue jeans oh, yeah, in the yeah. '90s. Reebok with the white high shoes. tops. Yeah, okay. Reebok high tops. Reebok I drove a uh, Formula 350 T tops. Nice, oh, yep. nice. And uh, 
spun it out on a mountain road one time listening to Van Halen um, <laughs> with a girl in a car. <laughs> you want to hear this baby move? Let me ask you this. While uh, Greg's thinking about who could play you, um, do you think that this story could have happened in any other city at any other time? Or do you think that you were in... Because Never Sold Out is a book about the secondary ticket No, no, market. you're excited. Say it the right. Okay, it's about the black market ticket trade. I'm going okay? with that now. I like that. So it's about selling tickets after they already buy them and upcharging people because now they're now in demand and, and making a pretty penny off these things. And well, that you, doesn't make it sound so good. But you were, <laughs> you were in... So noble. But you were in... Uh, San Bernardino, right as a concert venue opened up, a major concert venue. Yes. In one of the most populated cities in the country. Areas, yep. And at the same time, it was, I mean, it was like just before the cusp of technology really taking over and cracking down on the whole thing. Exactly. And rock and right. roll was huge. And there was no StubHub or any of that Correct, stuff Correct, yeah. Right, yeah. it was the precursor to StubHub, and what it was is it was the old-fashioned way of ticket acquisition. Yeah. Meaning, I don't know if you're quite old enough, but if I anybody, remember, yes. you would stand in line. Yep. At first, it was, you would just stand in line. You'd camp out even earlier, perhaps. Then... I'll never say the name of the company. We call it Access Pass in the in the book. Then they would change their way to where you would get wristbands, you'd be randomly assigned in line, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So if you live that, that is how you would get tickets, and that is how people in the black market of the ticket world would acquire those, thus being able to sell them for a higher market. And then, of course, we found another way with that new concert venue opening up. It was we, perfect. We found another... It was perfect. And boy... That is, you know, you see those movies where somebody is, you know, living a certain way and then you're, through Carlo, he made a lot more money. Yeah. Through me, I had a lot more access to things because as you know, I love my ivory tower at, uh, you know. Doug, if you don't know this <laughs> about the Doug. The sweet life. Of- <laughs> I used to make fun of Doug because Doug never sits where normal everyday humans sit. That's not 100% true because I'll go to the floor a lot of times. Okay. GA. Stop. Stop. Yeah, but you always get free shit. Yeah. Always free shit. Like I was at the Logan County, Logan County Fair with Doug. He's eating meat sticks for free. I don't even know how yeah, that's exactly. possible. Exactly. That's They're like $12 each. Exactly. Yeah. Doug's always got the parking spot that you That's want. True. Yes, that He's is always true. on the way out. He's like, all right, here's the thing. I park here so I can leave yeah. whenever I want and I could just go. He always has the like, he's like, oh, I got the tickets where I can go to the bathroom whenever. And like, It's very important always, for a man with a small bladder. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> It's that's your ivory tower, and so I made fun of you, right? Because I was like, years. God, Doug's always sitting in his ivory tower. <laughs> I waved down to you, hey, yeah, hey, peons that can't hang out with pe- the, my ilk. So I didn't know that it actually was a thing. It stemmed from <laughs> this. Stemmed from, see us. <laughs> it stemmed from this. There's a history now. I, I'm going to defend myself because Judas Priest is coming to Las Vegas. I'm on the floor for that. I've been on the floor from with Metallica with you. Alice and Chains is with you. So I'm yeah. on the floor a lot too. If no, it's yeah, not seated. Yeah. But boy, you know, as I get older, that ivory tower just even gets nicer <laughs> and nicer. But that's what it was back in the nineties. It was VIP access to places through nefarious means. Yes. It was VIP parking. Thus I I found my love for parking in nice places and being able to get out of venues early. And <laughs> it, it what? And here's oh, the funny. Lush. Here's Doug the funny Marsh. thing about it, though. Back in the 90s, I was a computer programmer, then I worked for Cities and for uh, Warner Brothers. I worked for Warner Brothers uh, Movie Studio. So if anybody at Warner Brothers would like to uh, you know, help <laughs> kick this along, hashtag Warner Brothers on this. Um, but the funny thing is, it starts with computers, me getting into the business because I was able to help him with computers. And then it was pointed out, it goes, it's kind of funny because the whole industry, we're talking about 
you know, there's still some record stores, but not like there used to be. Right. The whole industry, because of technology and computers and the ticket market, has all changed also because of that. You know, that was my entry, but that was also pretty much the reason why, you know, Napster started late 90s and yeah. things like that. That's why this whole technology, that's what booted us all out. That's exactly it. it shut down everything. And I, I am old enough to remember I was in line for Metallica for the SNM tour. And they were coming. This is when I was in Cleveland. And I was waiting in line. And it sold out, I think, like three or four people in front of me. And I was like in line. And then everyone just sat on the floor. Yeah. Like, it was weird. Everyone's like, they're going to open up a second show. They're going to do a second show. And they didn't. But now I know. <laughs> so we just, just stood in line. She just waited mall. until the iPhone came out. Like yeah, 10 exactly. Years yeah. Well, and that's that's the kind of stories. I mean, there's one I'll tell that isn't even in the book. We have tons. I mean, the book could have been five times larger with all the stories. I remember Queensryche, which, of course, is near and dear to my heart. I believe it was Brian McKnight. And the tickets went on sale at the same time. And it was time lining up. Well, that was quite a diverse crowd, Queensryche fans and Brian McKnight crowd. And, of course, me being there from a personal standpoint of wanting to make sure to get good Queensryche tickets, but also there from a professional of ticket sure. acquisition. I'm playing both sides of the fence because you're working the lines. Yeah. So you're saying, oh, how many are you buying? Oh, you're buying four and the ticket limit six. Oh, you're buying four to Brian McKnight. Hey, here, here's some money. A little extra for you if you can get two extra tickets to Brian McKnight. Then you're right behind him. Hey, so you're going to Queensryche. Yeah, I love Queensryche. Oh, Operation Minecraft. I think that was <laughs> you know, And you're just working the lines, trying in case there's people that are doing that. And it's just, it almost turned into a race riot, unfortunately, for other yeah. reasons, not because of me. Well, Brian McKnight and Queensryche in well, San Doug, Bernardino, California. Yeah, plus, I, Doug wouldn't stop it. saying the N-word. I know. God, Doug. Nefarious. That was the one. <laughs> Dude, it's kind of like, don't get high off your own supply. It's like what you're describing. Exactly. <laughs> but that is it. And that's what happened to me. Yeah. Unlike Carlo, who decided boats and new trucks and, sure. and he had watches and, you know, his house was all re-roofed for free and oh, things like wow. that. He had tickets to a U2 concert and he was sitting next to... Uh, it, it's in the book, and that, that's actually real. He and his wife, you know, they do because they trade out limos and stuff. And they were sitting next to, I think it was Ringo Starr. I mean, so they, oh were, just, they were living that. Yeah. And I was a little bit heavier, so you know, Iron Maiden or Priest or something. Yeah. And I'm, you know, three rows back in Rush or something. And it, it, it was, it was quite something. One other thing that was in the book at the end is you'd also go and you. That was a time where you would buy tickets at the same place where you would perhaps pay your utility bills sometimes or get camping sites. And there was one time we were trying, I forget the concert now, it's in the book, but I forget the concert. We were trying to get tickets to a concert and the lady in front was trying to get, I remember it was Idlewild, which is in Southern California, two campgrounds sites for her family in Idlewild. And she was like, well, I don't want to be too close to the bathroom, but my husband has a bladder problem. So we want to be somewhat close, but we want to, now do you know, is that downwind? We don't want to smell the bathroom. As we're sitting there, as we're seeing the clock. Yeah, tick, yeah. Tick, 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 and tick. Carlo, who's a little bit more hot headed than I am, will just say, he's like, yeah. hey lady, I'll buy you a thing. Just get the hell out of the line. <laughs> trying to get tickets to whatever show that was. Maybe it was Tom Petty. I don't know. But it was just like, you know, he was just busting a yeah. vein. So those are the kind of, you know, well, it's because of people now let's talk about the other part of it because you are a i would say an ethical human being i i think i am yes so okay, yeah i definitely say yeah that. right yeah so when you are doing this and there's chumps like me that are waiting for metallica yep. snm tour that are now gone because you have a mole inside that are buying tickets yeah <laughs> nine grand worth of tickets uh before they even hit the ticket counter 
How does that? How did you wrestle with that at night? Did you? It sucked. Well, I hated it because I was a true fan, and I hated people like that. And you're a hundred percent right. I, you. That's the thing about hindsight. I mean, I worked at a radio station for years, and if I ever said caller ninety nine wins a pair of tickets, I was answering ninety nine phones. Yeah, of course. I mean, ninety nine phone lines. I know you guys do that too, but I mean, there was. I never took anything when. I mean, you know, working at a radio station, you have a lot of access. When I was at remotes, it was whoever I picked would do it. Yeah. But back in my 20s, when it's almost like, I don't want to say, it's almost like a gateway drug. At first, you're not doing anything wrong, right? And yeah. then you're thinking, you get in that mindset, well, you know, we're the ones getting up early and we're providing a service for <laughs> oh, yeah. people. But Rationalize. I mean, you, exactly. Yeah. You do that. And that's something I think that youth or not defending it, but the morality, you're 100% right. And now looking back on it, you know, the whole book starts with me trying to get tickets for my wife and her family to Van Morrison concert at the House of Blues here. Just a little preface. Yeah. And that we had to line up for. I remember I said, I'll get the tickets. We had, I lined up for them and people, there were people who were. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Secondary ticket market in front of us and people were just complaining the hell out of it. And I was one of those people, I must admit, at first, gross. Yeah. God damn, son of a bitches. You know, they're, they don't, they're not fans of Van Morrison and anything. Then I'm yeah. thinking to myself, boy, Doug, you are a hypocrite. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It was tough, and I hated – I think I wrote it a couple times. You know, well, I, you wrote it a lot. You just like, but like well, you hey, did guys, feel like, uh, I'm not sure. You were like the Jiminy Cricket of that group. Right. You're, uh, you're like right, exactly. Little, when yeah. the, the poker game where they came up with the scam, I was like, well, uh, I don't think you should do it. Well, I guess that's more the – that sounds more like a mouse. Right. <laughs> but – um. Yeah, it was, and going, that was real where we went to that Eagles concert with the, and Carlo was driving and that ticket, the VIP ticket was hanging there and it was forged, I'll yeah. just say that. And all of a sudden I looked at that and I go, wait, is this the real one that I, because I used to get them for real because I was a season ticket holder. I go, or is this the forger? He goes, well, we got to try and make sure it works. <laughs> I was, I was, you know me, I mean, I'm just such yeah, a straight list guy. I'm like, Oh my God. No. Saying, oh my yeah. God. No, I know you said you were sweating and everything, but it's, it's crazy. Cause you were essentially printing money at that point. That was like printing forged dollar bills. Yeah. We don't like to use the word forged. <laughs> and it, remember, remember everyone, this is all a fictionalized account. Of oh, that's happened. right. Yes. All the names yeah. have been changed to protect the identities. All the, the names innocent. have been changed except for three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the real name was Frank Abagnale. <laughs> right, exactly, yes. So that should be Leonardo DiCaprio playing me. Hey, I got a question. So going on with all this stuff and, and you know, you're in a certain a region doing your thing. You're probably taking care of everybody in that certain area. Is it territorial? Like, oh, it, yes. Is there a time where it's like, oh, this guy's selling tickets over on, like, you know, the corner of whatever, whenever let's go make sure, you know, that kind of stuff going Very on? much so. In fact, that's why... I don't think you've quite gotten to that part in the book, but that's why it became territorial of what, who was working for you on the inside too. If you, I don't think yeah. you're quite there yet, but it, it, there are levels of corruption in anything, many in politics, um, but there are levels of corruption. And when it changes much like, you know, a Godfather movie, when all of a sudden somebody overreaches and tries to make additional profit by going to another area in Southern California, that's how wars boom. get started. Well, that's how right. the hammer falls. And yeah. that's how somebody oh here, I'll give you, I'll give you a little taste. That's how somebody becomes a roadie for Metallica. Uh, that part's uh, true too. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. It's true. 
I, well, it wasn't me. It was Ruby from Metallica. <laughs> but the, yeah, if you keep reading, you'll see who. Oh, I'm going to finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm in, man. I'm in. I think I read 30 pages last night uh, before bed, and I'm just sitting there giggling. Uh, it's just a good read. It well, was a fun and, time. And I tried to, if you notice, like there's a chapter about Garth Brooks. Yes. And Asher. Asher, right. Yeah. Not his real name. Okay. I originally wanted to make his name Jebediah and even make him more. And Carlo goes, okay, take a step back. Let's find a different biblical name than Jebediah. Because he was reading, he goes, come on, Jebediah. <laughs> but there's, now I forget my train of thought. Woo woo. Um, you talking about country? Country music, what were you talking about before that? Uh, oh, oh. Territorial. Well, but I was saying, if you read that chapter, I tried to be clever in my own way. And it takes almost a angel devil approach. So, yes. Uh, there will be little references in there that a few people catch that they're like, you know, I'll say pray or, you know, just use words more biblical in that chapter. And then in other chapters, there's, I tried to be subtle and maybe one person reading it would find, no, I totally they'd be that. like, oh, that's pretty funny. He's, yeah, in, a, he's yeah. in a biblical reference. Well, there Asher, you're talking about how he comes from a family of a very, his dad was a preacher, a preacher. Yeah. His oh. dad was a preacher. Did not and he was one of the best it. ticket acquisition people <laughs> until his dad found out, How's he getting all the stacks of money and free tickets to things? And then, boom, that was it. One thing I, I didn't understand was in the book, and may, I, this might be too inside baseball, but the ticket program, was it just like a network or yes. a link? Yeah, so that's it what was it was. Like StubHub, essentially. It was of all the Southern California black market, uh, secondary ticket market people. So if somebody came up to the counter and said, uh, what do you have for the U2 Zoo TV tour in Anaheim, you would, uh, you'd always try to sell your own stuff first because you made the biggest profit margin. But then you could type in and say, oh, well, we've got row uh, three, blah, blah, blah. And that would perhaps be at a ticket broker in Orange County that then would send it to you at a markup, but you wouldn't make as big a markup because you're already paying, you know, it's almost like having more people touch the yeah, product. Right. Yeah. Now, do you know anybody that's still involved? Could because yes, okay, I was gonna say because well, no, the, the thing is, you technology would hurt you definitely in what you were doing. But if you learned how to use it, if somebody really wanted to, you know what I mean, get in there and yeah, and cut the dicks of some of these other legit companies, you could totally do well, something like that. See, you this is how your brain works, and I don't understand <laughs> what you're talking about. Like, I don't even Greg, know. Well, you could you see the opening? Greg's like, you know what? There's a gap here that we can we can fill this marketplace. Greg, you know? like, Greg I've got a poster over here. It's in the shape of a pyramid, but I can show you how. <laughs> if you just give me five hundred dollars, you'll be on this level of the pyramid. But here's the crazy thing about it. The crazy thing about it is now in 2019, you go on and. We've had arguments with people before. You go on to the major places that sell primary tickets. Okay. They're masterful at it. You go there. <laughs> sometimes you're buying secondary tickets right there. They are in the secondary ticket oh, business wow. now. Oh, yes. Way. If you look at there's light blue and then there's darker blue. And people say, oh, no, they don't do it. Oh, yeah. Look at it. Wow. Go to. Now, it's got to be a show that's somewhat popping or somewhat, you know, you'll see, oh, there are all these dark blue seats down here. Bing. You're paying, wait, why? I thought this was a $110 seat. It's 220 So that computer sure. or that company is, they sold the tickets, got the fees. Then they offered, you could do that right now. You could go and if you had two tickets to whatever concert that you bought from uh, one of those big uh, outlets, you could go and on most of them, you can just resell them right there through them, not even through a StubHub or right. uh, eBay or some other thing. You can do it right there. So they're double dipping on. Wow. 
on fees. Get well, that's the thing too about the fees is that there's such an opportunity for somebody to come in a little less because. Like for instance, I had, and I'll say Ticketmaster. I don't give a shit. They're the ones that, that I'm using right now for this for these things. I really don't even understand what company you're talking about. Go on, maybe other people. Okay, know. yeah, but but just me personally. You, Greg has a show on the. 14th. I have a show June 14th, and you have to get him on Ticketmaster. So I'm going to say it anyway yes. because you have to get it. But if you go on there, the tickets are ten bucks. If you go on there, you're paying seventeen. Yep. That's because a seventy percent fucking tax on the tickets, yes. and I'm telling people it's only ten dollars. You know, after markup, and, yeah. and, and and there's got to be a way for somebody to get in between that. That 10 and that 17, you know what I mean? Because oh, you're still I, making... I know what you're saying. Well, they call it a convenience <laughs> charge because back in the day, you could go to the venue and you could get it. Like back in the day, if you if there was a show at the Fabulous Forum in Inglewood, California, you could, in theory, go to the Fabulous Forum, get your tickets there for basically, if it's a $20 ticket, you get it for 20 then they started to be, oh, if you want to buy it from a ticket outlet in San Bernardino, the convenience of not driving down there. And back then, it was kind of reasonable. It was $2.25. Sure. So you're thinking, okay, for $22.50, I'd rather not drive down to Inglewood. I'll get them here. That's kind of how it all started with convenience fees. And then those uh, went higher and higher. And the crazy thing about it is artists, this is a, something a lot of people don't know. Artists, a lot of times, don't want to seem greedy. So they'll... I won't say what artist, but let's well, let's say Taylor Swift. Okay. Let's say her tickets sell for fifty dollars. Uh huh. She might be able to get seventy-five dollars for those tickets, but she doesn't want to appear overly greedy. So what happens is they work a deal out with whatever company they use to sell their tickets sure. from that venue where they say, Okay, tickets are fifty dollars, but we're gonna tack on this, 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 and this, 50, 60, 70, 75. So by the time you buy your ticket, yeah. it's seventy-five. Then uh, now they might have loopholed that up, but I don't think so. That artist is getting a kickback on some of that, or the artist management company a kickback, so that really their tickets maybe were like sixty dollars, but to the fans they can go, oh, you know, we don't want to. It was yeah. the company, not right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So it's yeah. just a it's a whole layers upon layers upon layers, which is uh, right. you know somewhat interesting. Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, I'm getting zero kickbacks, so <laughs> don't worry about that. Just go buy the tickets. We'll put Greg's link on the show notes for yeah. the show June 14th. Yeah, and Greg and Brandon are both very very funny. Uh, See, so yeah, I even called him the right. Hey, name. formerly known as Gooch. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, I anticipate being there. But my wife has some other business function she wants me to go to that I'd rather go to yours. So if I'm not there, you know why. But <laughs> I digress. Um, so those are the kind of things I will say. This I get a lot of tickets. You know, like going to Dave Grohl's birthday yeah. uh, party down at the forum and things like that. And I, I get a lot of tickets. I'll give you some tips right now if you. Follow the artist on social media. Mm-hmm. That's how I found out about that Dave Grohl thing. I mean, because nobody else, I mean, that, and that was amazing. I was three feet away when he was playing with everybody. That had nothing to do with, that was just, I followed him on Twitter and all of a sudden this thing came up. Oh, in 10 minutes, Dave Grohl's birthday party goes on sale. You know, you do that. Or if it's a sold out show or sporting event, I know a lot of people, and I've done it before in my past, is if you have, don't do it if you're going on a date, but if it's like, just a couple buddies, you sit there and you wait till that concert starts or that sporting event starts and those final tickets, because a lot of times you'll have the option, oh, I'll sell tickets until an hour after the start time. Those $200 tickets will plummet to $50 because that person you know, isn't going to go to the show, isn't going to do it, and they're just trying to get any amount of money back. So there's two tips for so, modern day uh, right okay, now. Okay, cool. You can do it because it's so, you know, so many venues now are just on your app. So if you belong to certain ticket things, you just go, okay, and you're going to miss the opening song and then you sit there and wait and all of a sudden those 200, boop, I'm going to buy it, go in, 
There's the ticket. So and they, I paid. they send you the barcode digitally. You have it instantly. Exactly. And the whole yeah. You'll be standing right in front of the venue and do right it. Right in front basically. of the venue wow. as long as you've got a signal and it'll wow. drop. Now, like I said, only Greg would do that on a date, perhaps. Where, honey, we gotta <laughs> we gotta sit out here. We're gonna miss the first yeah. three Greg songs. Lynn, I would definitely do that. Yeah, well, fl- you're married, so we do whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah that's yeah. true. Well, I fly standby, so that's the same, <laughs> same thing. But those are those <laughs> yeah, are those are two tips that you know even nowadays you can you can use to hopefully get better tickets. That's brilliant. All right, some solid sage wisdom. Go. Hashtag old man ticket wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> well, you buy a lot of tickets. You do. You go to an obscene amount of. I shows do. and sporting events and and i do i buy a lot of them and you're right i still through a certain someone that lives in this house get a lot of tickets for free nice so that's the thing but the like i said the goal of this whole story never sold out book.com is i think it's a good easy read it's available on amazon or if you live in las vegas it's available at all the mr bill's locations james russell the owner of mr bill's read it he loved it he called me and he goes i want to sell it that the store you can all I also get it for a dollar cheaper there. It's nine ninety nine there. Oh, cool! As opposed to Amazon. Or how about this? If you're Kindle Unlimited, you can get it for free. You just hit download and you get it right on your Kindle. If you're Kindle Unlimited, Unlimited. you know that's yeah. So I mean, Is it kind of like a books Netflix or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can have an, five books on your Kindle at one time, and if you want to, just read it, and it, it's kind of fun. And the whole my kid even asked me today. He goes, "Now, what do you kind of movie do you see it?" And in my perfect world, if you guys know the movie Almost Famous by Cameron Crowe. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, I'm no Cameron Crowe, and it would take a professional to Goldie Hawn's daughter stars in that movie, right? Yeah. yeah. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a good movie. That, to me, is how I see this arc going, too. Because he was trying to write for Rolling Stones, kind of a bumpkin, in sure. a way. He yes. was not. And that's what I kind of went into it. And then you do some things you're not proud of, and I'm not proud of. And you do some things that you live way too large for life. And then you get taken down a few pegs because things all of a sudden dry up. But music, because I love music even more than sports, music is the background of that book. Yes. And in every chapter, when I was writing that chapter, if it had Van Halen in it, I was listening to Van Halen. If it had Eric Johnson, if anybody remembers the guitar player Eric Johnson, he still tours and does stuff, or Ozzy Osbourne, I was listening to that as I was writing the book. So. In that's a perfect really cool. world, yeah. In a perfect world, that's the backdrop, almost like an almost famous, where it's going through that ticket, that ticket roller coaster that we went on, sure. and that's the backdrop. And the reason why we finally decided to write this, besides the timing worked out, was because I can't believe the number of movies that keep coming out. How many Dumbo's do I have to see? Yeah. How many Aladdins do I have to see? No, you might say, oh, you know, blah blah blah, but. these fresh ideas, the new, this is a movie that would never, or a Netflix series or whatever that has never been told. And that's why, because of some of the connections that we know, it's, there's a couple producers that, I mean, we're actively talking. We might be going down in a couple, in a couple weeks there on a two week vacation, you know, these big Hollywood producers that take vacations, but, and I can't, I've been told I can't say anything, but one of them actually uh, produced a movie one of your favorite local uh, actors was in. I'll tell you after. I know. I know who you're referring to. I know. To. I, yes, of course you do. <laughs> Just in the nick of time. Keep him out of a case. Oh, I know who it is. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the kind of. <laughs> play along at home, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> may or may not have gotten divorced recently. <laughs> right. Yes. After after a very after, lengthy 20-minute marriage. Yeah. Tatia Tequila or whoever that was. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the kind of. That's the I kind of thing. And that's all I'm going to say there because Lucky's been in a ton of movies. Yeah. But, you know, that's the kind of thing because they're always looking for an idea. Now. 
By the time a movie's made, might I be dead from it because it could take so long? Yeah, perhaps. No, the only way that but, happens is when something else, like if Top Gun was coming out and then there was another movie called like, you know, Pilot Maverick or whatever, <laughs> then, then that, that could screw it up. I, I've never seen it. So they I, squash it. Yeah, right? I've never yeah. seen a right. movie though that's about what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So, and right. and it's, it's enough nostalgia, but it's enough, you know, I realize that, you know, some of the younger people that have read it know Carlo and I, so they're going to like it. But, you know, it seems to resonate even with them, which I was surprised about, to be honest. So that's the goal. And it's fun because I did run for political office and that was like watching sausage being made. That was interesting. I would never say that was fun. Yeah, a lot of people say that, that well, they work in. That Tom Borello worked in politics. He was some sort. He worked for a senator, and he he also said, "Hey, I saw how the sausage is made, and it is not pretty." No, that kind of thing. It, it's amazing how programs get funded where there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah, right. Which terrible. I guess then I'm hypocritical in what I was doing back in the '90s. But yeah, that's different. It is different because it it's different. the public interest. Yeah. But you know, that's the kind of thing. This Hollywood thing. It's just been such an interesting journey, and that's what life's about: is interesting journeys, and just to see how. You know, you think, hey, I've got a good idea. Much like, you know, I'm sure you'd love to play, you know, huge venues and do your comedy. But yeah. you see you see behind the thing, you have to grind it out. And you're Absolutely. just like, we, I've got one person that is a relative of mine, uh, of my in-laws, and is a producer, big time producer. And they've had it like in their house for like four months. And I'm like, well, how'd you like, well, we haven't gotten to it yet. Okay, like back in four or five months ago, I was like, yeah. Kind of related to you. I've spent yeah. Thanksgivings with you. Can't crack the book open. <laughs> and yet, then all of a sudden, you know, you have other avenues. You're like, yeah, something where all of a sudden the person reads. They're like, that's we need to talk. Awesome, that's great. I'm going on a two week vacation, but we need to talk. Could you make your vacation you should one tell, week? You should tell the other guy, hey, this guy's talking. No, oh, no, yeah. like, oh no, no, wait. Send him the uh, the weather link. Be like, hey, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's a good day to read a book. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Summer, you know, when you're out by a port. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by the pool. The pool. The pool. The porch. Yeah, whatever. I, I've got fair skin. Yeah. I stay on the porch. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the gist. So that's that's the end goal, and we'll see if it happens. Great. If it doesn't. Oh man! Well, I want then, to. Then, then hopefully you guys will be here in eight months for a different podcast. Now, Doug, now you're selling soap out of the back of a car. Now tell us, tell us about the soap in the back of the well, car. Well, I gotta say, I, I, you're pursuing your life's interests, and it's awesome. I'm very happy for you. I am too, man. I think it's great, and I, I loved reading. The, I, dude, like Spark said, I don't read shit. Like I read online. You know what I mean? I read about like no, you're a news hound. Yeah, exactly. I'm like a news junkie or whatever. Yeah. You know, science stuff and stupid things. Well, no, that's not stupid, but whatever. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't sit around and read a book. This is the first book I've probably read, and I don't even remember, man, but I really enjoyed it. So, Well, thank you. If I can enjoy a book, <laughs> right. exactly. anybody can. It, yeah. is, it is amazing how, because I'm, you know, I probably read a book every week or so, sure. depending on, you know, because I love reading. And then you're just like, even people who bought the book, I go, hey, so how'd you like the book? You know, three months. Ago, oh, I still haven't read it yet. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost hard. like if you ask somebody, they just don't read it on purpose after a while. Right. You know yeah, I mean? you got to back off. It's because like, like people, I used to. I remember I used to do this with headshots, and I do it too, and it's weird. The more somebody asks me, like, let's say I got a show coming up, right? And oh, like, do you have a show coming up? Oh, yeah, I do, but no, not this one. But I'm saying, let's say there was one that, like, I, it's not because I'm doing this show, I'm producing it myself. But yeah. usually, it's somebody else books me, and they'll be like, "Hey, let me get a uh, let me get a headshot." Oh, I forgot. And then it's like next day, let me get a head. And if they bother me too many times, I think it's subconscious. I just yeah. don't do it. 
No, out of right. spite. <laughs> no, but I don't know what it is. Uh, like maybe in my head it is. Well, yeah. But or I don't you, think that way. But I'm uh, like, oh, okay. okay I, I know you asked me. You know what I'm saying? That it yeah, never yeah, happens. Right. Yeah. Or you do it and it's like an assignment. Well, I better read that damn book yeah, Doug wrote. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, exactly. you're three pages. Yeah. This sucks, man. I gotta read this. <laughs> this is like my homework now. I bought this book. Why yeah. do I have to read? Well, it? Well, normally the only books I read and the only books that I find, and it's really weird because I don't read a lot, and I've picked up a bunch of books, and I'm that guy who. There's maybe six to seven books on my nightstand right now that all have like a third of the way through and I drop them and I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Well, tired of the story or I just, I feel like a lot of books, no matter what the content, fiction, nonfiction, self-help, finance, could be a sports autobiography. A lot of it is overly verbose. Yes. Like there's filler. Yes. There's a yeah. bunch of filler and I'm like, just Fucking get to right. it. You know what I mean? It's almost like they had, they were like, oh, this is too short. We got to uh, yeah, make like, it look thicker. Fuck, I got to make and, it. I, I, they're always going to pay 15 yeah, bucks for yeah. this thin of it's a like, book. It's like, dude, just know? change the font. Like, and that's, <laughs> that's the best thing. Everybody who's read the book that has gotten back to me, and there are people that I don't know on Amazon that have written it. It's gotten yeah. great. You know, go look on Amazon. I've seen people. I don't even know who these people are. I've seen yeah. people posting about it and shit. One person said, no oh, yeah. I knew him from comp, and I never really knew him, but I like this book. And I yeah. was like, those, that means a lot. And everybody that I've talked to always said, uh, man, I wish this book were longer. And I'm so glad. I'd rather have somebody say Hell that yeah. than the other yeah, way around. It's a great it, problem to have. It's, yeah. it, you know, because well, we, more. If, mm-hmm. if all of a sudden it becomes a movie or a Netflix series or something like that, we've got, you know, a whole other book of stories. But I just wanted to put it in a concise thing with an arc. And the whole arc, I'll tell you what it, originally what it was going to be. The original arc was going to be us battling the ticket monopoly. And that's why, if you remember the one oyster butter chapter, yes, that was originally what the arc of the book was. But as I wrote it, the editor, Courtney, said, you know, the way you're writing this, the arc of that isn't that. It's the arc of your morality and I your like friendship with Carlo. It's such a personal. Yeah, such it is. That's interesting now thinking back to reading it. But, that could have been the But end. that's why that was the original jumping off point. Was, and that's why on that preface, the whole thing was. And that's why the end comes to modern times. Me living in Vegas. Yeah. And it actually involves Shinedown, the group, oh, yeah. a little bit. Oh, yeah, you haven't read that. I'll look, to, <laughs> I'll look at Greg right now. Sure. It involves Shinedown and the way technology has changed of listening to a new album. And things like that. And then, of course, you know, that's my kid's favorite group is Shinedown. So he and I did that. And it's just kind of the, also the arc of how it's changed the music industry. Yes. Because of computers and the sure. way you go, okay, whatever, play this thing rather than going to the record store, talking to the people, kind of having a little yeah. bit of a... I, you know, it's funny. I used to work as probably right towards the end of when they had record stores. I worked in one. It was called Karma. It was like a... You know, it was like record stores where they sell records, but they also sell like weed pipes and crack Brillo pads. and sh- you know So they mean? didn't like- do the secondary ticket market, so they had to sell <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, 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 exactly. But dude, it really was like a culture. People come hang out. There's dude, people yeah. like, people who just come in there and they weren't even buying anything. Just chill. Hey, man, what's up? You guys got the yeah. new Tunes or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like- exactly. I worked every Sunday at a record store for more than half a decade, probably seven, eight years. That's sure. the one up in Yucaipa, California is where allegedly that fictional a record store was. But And that's <laughs> what it was. And it was me going there and playing the music that I wanted to play yeah. on a Sunday, most of the time until somebody would come in and it was a little too hard on a yeah, Sunday yeah, and I'd yeah, lighten yeah. it up a little bit. I remember uh, there's a Lou Reed song called Sex With Your Parents. <laughs> and uh, let's just say in Yucaipa, California, on a Sunday one time I was in the back and all of a sudden that song came on and it basically goes, sex with your parents and you're just you're having and I was and a church crowd came in and I was like 
And I'm running to the front of this <laughs> What is this song? You know, and got out. So it doesn't mean what you think. Right, right. It's it's a euphemism yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? But you know, that's that's the love of that because you would you would you would live and breathe that music, and all of a sudden, that's when the Offspring just came out, and people, you know, you'd see the different kind of oh, skateboard man, people, that. and yep. ska was coming out, yep. and all I was that in kind high of school. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember. It was it was something, and the adventures were uh, were fun. But uh, you know, pick it up. It's a quick read in the summer, and I'll, I'll say this. I appreciate so much you guys. I appreciate Mr. Bills. Like I said, if you're not a computer person, there's multiple locations here. Go pick it up. Get Nine ninety nine. All from what I understand, all the managers have read it at Mr. Bills, and you know they can talk to you about it or whatever. But uh, it's a fun time, and I hope a year from now. You know, I'm renting out a. I'll tell you what, if this ever becomes a movie, I will rent out a theater here in Las oh, Vegas. Okay. And you know, it'll be one of those luxury theaters. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better I, recliner. I will, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll uh, make sure A, you guys are in it. Oh, man. You know, be great. Probably right in the front row because you want to see the nostril hairs of whatever yes, actor's playing that's me. But, right. you know, it, it's that's the dream, man. You got to go for the dream. Got to go for the dream. And you absolutely are. I'm going to put the link to uh, it's called Never Sold Out is the book. And the website is neversoldoutbook.com. Right. Um, if you go to neversoldout.com, it's a ticket agency. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Neversoldoutbook.com. I'll put the link over there under the show notes on Sparks Radio along with uh, Doug, your social, and your, Greg, your show coming up here on the 14th. Yeah, no, June 14th, Top Golf. Uh, real good friend of mine, Gooch. Well, now he's named Bradley or something, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Uh, are going to be doing it. Hey, everybody, I can get you tickets for that. <laughs> and uh, I have one last question, though. Yes. Speaking of All chasing right. your dreams, if somebody listening wants to write a book, yes. how do you start? What is the first? Oh, that's a great Here question. is first find somebody, unless you're great at the English language, find an editor or somebody to bounce things off of. Secondly, the great thing is now with, there's a couple of them. I happen to do KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, which is Amazon. So you can type it all up in whatever word processor you want. Then it has to be formatted. And I'm kind of computer savvy, but I couldn't figure it out. But I got somebody to do it for 200 bucks that puts it in the proper format so it can be paged, you know, pagination and, you know, the margins are right. And then I was lucky in that Carlos Sun did the book cover, sure. everything like that. But now, it is, it is, self-publishing is easy now if you okay. have a book idea really? go for it yeah oh, okay. so now are you writing it sending it to the editor hey i think you should blah blah blah, blah. sends it back writing it sending it was that, is yeah. that how it works uh, yeah and i would send it chapter by chapter as i said that first chapter it kept coming back and i'd be like five chapters down because the editor has other things that they're doing yeah and all of a sudden chapter one would come back and it was almost like opening a christmas present for me because i would be so excited to see what her thoughts were on that right yeah. you know and so then over in the margins you know it's like Hey, just the grammatical stuff was fixed. Sure. And then you need to do more here. Or I would understand something. Carlo, because I'd kick it to him. He would understand because we were living it. But she would go, I don't understand what's going on here. I see. You made too much of a jump. You're not explaining to the reader because she was. fresh set up. Yeah, you need somebody yeah. different. And even on that, there's a, there's a few things in the book. I'm like, oh, I think there's one time where the does in there twice or something. Or parking lot is. And I, it kills me. Uh, and it, I know it kills all of us. Uh, just I like, would, yeah, that went would over, destroy uh, my brain. Yeah, it's just like. Uh, I know, I and, know. and then people are like, well, why don't you redo it? Well, because I'd have to pay somebody to redo <laughs> it. Yeah, so, you know, I, yeah. can, I can live with a the the one sure. time. Yeah. There's not many, though. I didn't notice it if it helps. but That's good. Most people don't. But, you yeah. know. 
you read it on that. I've read it on the Kindle form. Well, now you're going to see it every time. It's like if somebody dings your car for the rest of your life, it's the only thing you see on your car. You notice the blemishes. Right. Right. I mean, everybody else... They're just enjoying the story. They're going sure. along. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. They're witnessing the corruption of Doug Marsh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you want to see how a young Dewey-eyed wait, let me write this. <laughs> young Dewey-eyed. Let me get the log line here. <laughs> Black market. That's gonna be. That's yes. the new tagline. Greg, you get a penny every time it's said in the yes. movie. Oh my exactly. God, uh, that Doug, is not legally binding. I'm your time. manager. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never sold out is the book. It is about uh, Doug Marsh in the '90s. And Carlo making yes, Carlo bank on selling tickets. And the very dang- dangerous black market of gangsterism. We should use that. For Let's now. just say there were <laughs> guns were involved. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Doug, thanks, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Seriously. Thank you very much. Thank you. This show and more found at SparksRadio.com. Mm-hmm.